You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. Join us as we focus the spotlight back on the theater maker to uncover their process. We speak with folks in the industry that often aren't heard from. Such as stage managers, producers, crew members, marketing professionals. And everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, Brian. Hey, Mary. How's it going? It's going well. What are we celebrating? Our third year? Our third anniversary, which it's also, it feels like it's, we've been doing this for a long time and it also feels like it went very fast. It's, oh, it's yeah. like we had a whole pandemic in there. Oh, we still have a whole pandemic in there. Like we're still, <laughs> we're still, we're still going it. through that. Yeah. Um, we've had a huge Broadway shutdown in there. And the most exciting part I think about the last year is the fact that we were able to experience Broadway's return. And while, you know, still creating content and it was a really exciting time, I think, to be doing this type of work. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I th- it also feels like we just recorded our two-year anniversary episode, which was episode 50. It feels like we just recorded that. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like it feels like the last year of episodes has completely flown by. I'm going to be honest. I can't even remember actually recording that episode. Our podcast in the last year has also taken a different shape than it had the previous two. Yeah, I think we really pushed ourselves this year to try something new. I mean, if you guys remember episode 50, we made some very bold statements that we of things we wanted to accomplish in year three, in year three, in year two, in year three. Yeah, in year three. Yeah. 
one of them being the biggest thing that we immediately implemented in episode 51, which was our mini series on six. And it was playing with our form and focusing on one show and, and getting different perspectives on that show so that we could kind of, you know, give the, give our listeners this experience of the process from multiple perspectives, which I so appreciated from our perspective because every person kind of just added to the next episode and it gave more color on the process. It gave us more to work with in terms of what kind of questions we were asking, how deep we were getting and overall gave some like a larger perspective on the, on a process, which is our whole mission. uh, When you think about it. Yeah. I was really curious to see if the answers and the the comments from our from our guests from one show would become repetitive because everyone's experience they were experiencing the same production. It's not like we're going over like all of the various productions that there have ever been of like Les Mis or something. We were going from one production that was actually currently coming back that they were in the process of starting back up again. And so we were able to reflect on what the experience pre-COVID looked like during COVID and now in the post-COVID, if you want to say, of the return. But actually, I don't think that was the case at all. I think everyone's experience was really different and it brought a lot of color to the conversations we were having. And I found it, I found it very exciting because we, we, we were recording and releasing those like in the summer so right when like thing people were starting to announce that Broadway was coming back and that like kind of we were getting some dates from some shows um I don't think in the episode with Kevin McCollum we actually touched on any of that as the producer I'm not sure if he would (laughs) if he would have said pre-announcement but that's okay um it's interesting too that was the last show that you and I saw before the shutdown. And so to be able to use that as the show that we were going to discuss and kind of really dive deep into was exciting that we both shared that same experience together in the theater. And we're talking with people that put, you know, were were responsible for giving us that experience um, at a time when we hadn't seen anything in so long. Do you have tickets to see six again? Oh, I actually saw it. I saw it again, actually, at the you end did. of December. Yeah, I, oh, I, I actually that. won the lottery. I want to go back and see it again. Like, obviously, now that they're open, they've been running. There are new, there are new queens who are either permanently like stepped in or temporarily have stepped in, like long term or you know, temporarily long term, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm curious. I also like would love. I mean, obviously, some of our guests from that from that mini series don't even live in the states, but I think it would be really cool to like meet Brittany to see Christy. Finally, I know Brian, you've been you've seen a ton of shows with where Christy has either been a music coordinator or has played in the pit for for those shows. Have you actually met her yet? Yeah, I met her at the opening uh, opening night after party get together for Black No More. Yeah, uh, because mm, okay. Stan worked with her on that, um, which was nice. It's always nice to meet some of our guests in person, especially yeah. over this time where we haven't been recording in person with them. And uh, it, it's it's always really nice and sweet to actually have a connection in person too. Yeah, I love it. Right after our our series with Six, we 
covered chicken and biscuits as our next series. And that was really special for us for so many different reasons. Number one, it was just, uh, it was right in the middle of the Broadway reopening. And just to cover a brand new play by one of our former guests, Douglas Lyons, uh, making his playwriting debut on Broadway, there were so many special parts of that process. We were able to cover new roles that we hadn't covered on the podcast yet. Um, speak with people in the industry that we hadn't gotten a chance to uh, give our our listeners that perspective. Um, attend the opening night and be able to do a red carpet event live uh, at their opening was really special and made us feel like we were almost a part of their process in a way and contributing to the process from a journalistic standpoint, which I think was the, the, the closest I think I've ever felt uh, with our podcast to actually being a part of the industry in, in such a journalistic way. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just very different for yeah. me. So just a quick shout out to Six's PR team for helping us make this series possible. We spoke with Adrian Brian Brown and also Imani Punch. Both of them were able to help us coordinate episodes. And honestly, they did not have to do that. The industry was shut down. I don't know what, what sort of relationship they currently had with Six at that time over last summer. Um, but the fact that they were able to connect us with people that we were not already connected to um, in order to make these conversations possible. So just a huge shout out to them. And also to Chicken and Biscuits team, they had a lot going on, as Brian said at the beginning of this, of when we were looking to record this series, they were in rehearsals. And so I remember with Douglas's episode, he was literally meeting us on a break, on on a lunch break or something, um, virtually, of course. Um, From the theater, from from a dressing room. Yeah. And so we, for Douglas's episode, we worked with his PR team and they were amazing. And obviously we know Douglas from personally, but also from uh, episode 18, I believe. Um, So if you haven't listened to those episodes, definitely go back and check them out. Um, But we actually reached out to um, Hunter Arnold, who was a previous guest of ours because he was lead producing or he was one of the lead producers for Chicken and Biscuits. So kudos and thank you to Kayla Greenspan and to Hunter Arnold for connecting us with their PR team, um, Leslie Papa and... Macy Sullivan, they were the two the, who we spoke with from their PR team. And honestly, they were very busy. I mean, they were also planning the opening night and dealing with all of that at the same time. And so we were able to attend, which I know that was a huge memory, I think, for me. Yeah, me too. Just being able to be there with you, Brian, obviously, and to do this for the podcast and to be a part of this through um, Broadway Podcast Network, but to also have that in with, with those two women working with them on this series in the background was really cool. Yeah. Shout out to Vivacity and, and super shout out to, you know, our team at Broadway podcast network for also organizing that and making that happen while she's no longer with Broadway podcast network, Katie Rosen from campfire films, PR, uh, who was working with Broadway podcast network at the time also helped uh, coordinate our attendance at the opening night of chicken and biscuits. So a lot of people behind the scenes making everything happen. And we so appreciate the people that help make these episodes possible. I just have to say, so I'm looking at the list of episodes that we've released for chicken and biscuits, and we made a a slight change for, I think the first time ever, 
for all of our episodes and where we actually split up the episodes into two parts. Brian, do you remember why we wanted to do that? Why, you know, we had a con- we had a few conversations about it, I remember. Yeah, I mean, we did that so that we were able to do a release every Monday rather than every other Monday. Test in the waters. <laughs> Testing the waters, seeing if that was exciting for people. Um, and it also gave the episodes a more digestible time for people that maybe necessarily don't have a full hour to sit with one episode. Maybe it was going to be more digestible to sit and just do a 25-minute one part. And then if they were into the guest and they wanted to listen the next week, we always hope they did. They would tune in for episode two, part two, I should say, the following Monday. And I don't know if it was as well received as we had hoped. We did revert back in the new year to our full episode with one oh, guest. Yeah, because that, that really took us right to the end of the year with, with Cher- Cheryl's part two releasing December 27th. And then we kicked off the year with reverting back to our original format, uh, not necessarily in the series format anymore. Uh, first episode of the year was Matt DiCarlo, uh, resident director at Moulin Rouge. And, and that's been someone who's been on our list for a while. I know, Brian, was, you were very excited when when we were able to finally sit down with him. I, he's so busy. He's doing so many things. And even with the shutdown, I feel like he was he remained busy. I mean, he was actually in Korea, right? He went over to Korea for Beetlejuice. What I also loved over the last year is we were able to re-implement our final question. Oh, yes. Which is, what was the last great piece of theater that you saw? Yeah. It still makes me laugh when people's reactions, though. I mean, even before um, before COVID was even an idea, I feel like whenever we asked that question, I remember sitting in the BPN studios and watching people's faces be like, oh, gosh, what was it like trying to just either remember the last thing they saw or the last thing that really impacted them? We're not paid to say this. I'm not paid to say this, but I'm going to just give a shout out to the app Mezzanine. It's an app you can get on the app store. Um, I have an iPhone, but I think it's also on Android or, you know, whatever that other, whatever those other phones are. It's a diary that you can create an account and then have a full diary where you enter every show that you've seen, whether it's off Broadway, on Broadway, in the West End, regionally, and it keeps them nice and organized. I have an account myself. It's you know free to make one. And I feel like this was made for Brian. <laughs> this was so made for me. I actually did it I did it pre I've had it for a couple of years actually. Um, I I was one of like the beta testers for it, uh, like maybe maybe like three Literally years made ago. Literally for Brian. If anyone yeah. knows Brian, I mean what I'm looking at right now in his virtual studio is show posters behind him, playbill collector, connoisseur. This so is made true. for you. And uh, you know, what I love about it is I only I only log my Broadway shows in this app because I want to know, you know, statistically how many have I seen? And then, you know, if people ask me, what have I seen recently? All I have to do is pull it up and be like, oh, I've seen all this. And so just to give you guys some some stats that you didn't ask for, I've seen a hundred, <laughs> as of last night, I saw the minutes. I saw, a hundred, that was my 185th show on Broadway. And like it's- Like ever, like ever, not just like in the last X years. Like ever. And in the last year, so since Broadway has returned in September, so not even a full year, maybe like seven months, I have seen 34 shows 
six of them are Caroline or change, mind you. So I, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, you log your duplicates. So like every time you've seen Wicked, it's sure. been noted. Yeah, there's 11 Wicked entries. There's six Caroline or change entries. I'm serious about this. So maybe we'll have to get somebody from the uh, from the app. Make sure you export that export that information so that you don't ever lose it. <laughs> I do have all my playbills in chronological order, so it would just take a little extra time, but I have all the information backed up in in one way or another. Wow. The more you know. The more you and know. And no one asked. <laughs> but that's cool. Uh, we should link the Mezzanine app in, in our show notes if anyone's interested. And like speaking of that, though, we've spent a lot of time, especially this spring, talking about who else we want to talk to. I mean, there's so many... There are so many jobs out there in theater, and that's been like our mission from the beginning is to really shine that spotlight back on those jobs that we either never hear from or don't hear from them often enough. Um, And I think while we've done a really good job over the last three years unpacking those roles, obviously there's like a thousand more jobs that we have yet to explore. And so I'm really hoping that we can get even more jobs on what is this year for yeah and and not to pat ourselves on the back but we did cover a lot of brand new roles that we had never covered before in the last year especially the way that we were able to especially through the series what role i guess were that we covered this year that was new for us which one was like the most surprising to you or where the one you learned the most about I'm going to probably say our episode with Van Deen uh, as record label founder. I just found that our episode with Van Deen was was most interesting for me because it really had a lot of touch points to my background in theater and what I've I've really, you know, everybody can appreciate a Broadway cast album and how and everybody has those cast albums that they've listened to on repeat. And so to be able to talk to somebody that has such a hand in creating those cast albums was really special. Totally. And what I loved about that episode with Van was that we learned there, obviously not surprising, we learned of all the other roles and all the other um, different types of people that we can speak to in regards to recording labels. So, And I have to say, on a, on a personal note... And, and this is probably because it was so close to my heart, bringing on my former professor, Carol Healy, to speak about her process was really satisfying to me and and really special to a lot of the people in my immediate circle. I, I know I got a lot of messages about that particular episode of a lot of my friends listening to it and commenting on you know our podcast and also of course the brilliance that is Carol Healy uh, and preserving that uh, because that was a huge part of my education and so to be able to preserve some of that process of uh, one of the brilliant minds that I was able to work with in college was really special for me. My, I would say to to flip the question on myself of what yes. was the most like educational to me. Um, was the conversation we had with Christy. I didn't even know that music, like what music coordinator was. And to be quite frank, I don't think I knew, I've never even heard of that role before. <laughs> so it is that was pretty eye-opening. wild too, because I, I would say that probably provided the most education for me of something that I really knew nothing about going in. And since then, every time I look at a playbill, I, I see music coordinator and, and it's, it's really amazing. Like, 
I know that that's kind of why we started, and you just mentioned this is why we started the podcast to bring light to roles that have never been, um, n- never gotten so much attention. And so it's really f- rewarding, even for me, to go into a theater and just sit down and know more about the theatrical process and the people behind it and realizing Christy works a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what was so fascinating, though, is that a lot of these. If you go back and listen to like a handful of conversations we've had with, with guests any year, not just in the last year, so many of the roles that our guests were currently in at the time of recording were not necessarily the, the job that they had in mind when they were graduating college or when they were trying to like figure out what it is they really wanted to do. It was through exploring. It was through literally happenstance. And so I just find it very encouraging for someone who didn't when I was in college and I still was like going through the four years of college and had no idea what I wanted to do and literally have been finding my way just one stumble (laughs) at a time that we have like a whole library of resources for people out there whether they're fresh out of high school or college or are more seasoned in, 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 in their own careers, but maybe are considering something else that they can go to and hear, hear their experience, like from their, from their mouths directly. It's not like we're like writing this down or taking notes and then repurposing it. It's we're it's literally from their mouths directly. So I just find that so cool. I'm wondering since this last year was part of the return of live theater, what was your favorite theatrical experience in the last year and it could be different from what was your favorite show just what was your favorite experience i was seeing uh the new york concert of matt and savannah shaw and there are two youtube daddy to daughter duos that i found over quarantine i we invited them to the live stream series that i was producing over the pandemic and then we produced their virtual concert debut. And so when they were coming to New York, they invited me. And it was great to meet them. And it was it was such a fun – it was my first – I don't think it was my first in-person thing. Um, but it was – yeah. But it was like the first – like new thing I think that I was experiencing in the city and I was also meeting them for the first time. And so that that whole trip I would say was pretty cool because I got to meet them. Um and also I got to spend some time in the city which I felt like I have not done um in in this way. And so that weekend they Playbill I think was doing this big or some some organization, some brand was doing this big thing in Times Square with like panels and conversations and a lot of content. BPN was a part of it as well. Um, and Douglas was on a panel with other black playwrights who were being produced in this current Broadway season, 2021-22. Um, and it was free. It was in the middle of Times Square. It was so hot. It was like in September. And I went and I was listening to this panel and I obviously adore Douglas and he knows that I adore him and I'm always in his corner. But just listening to him on the stage with three other black playwrights in various points of their all of their careers, they were at different points. Two of them are making, three of them are making their Broadway debuts, but... Some of them, this was their first thing they ever wrote. 
others, they've written several other pieces of work. Um, and so that range was really exciting. And hearing Antoinette Nwandu, who is the playwright for Passover, who is the playwright for Passover. <laughs> I'm like, my brain is not there. Um, who is the playwright for Passover? Listening to her talk about what her play was about. I had, I mean, I had heard of it obviously before and knew very little, but listening to her speak about it in her words directly, there was just something in that moment where I was like, I really want to try to get a ticket right now. And I had the time. I wasn't meeting someone for dinner until hours later. And so I had a chunk of time where I was able to see a matinee. And I literally, I ran all the way up to that theater um, and was able to grab a ticket as doors, you know, they were about to open doors to go into the theater. And so that was really cool. And then to just sit there, I think I was like second row because they had like that one ticket they were looking to fill. And obviously that play, I mean, I want to read that play. I'm just so curious to see how it reads because it was just something, it was visually just like unbelievable that was i think that whole weekend was really those two specific moments but that whole weekend was was very special how about you brian i had so many experiences i was so fortunate to be able to have seen so many things and on really special dates with special people and you saw like every first show back i feel like uh, it you know those were some of the most exciting experiences it was like theater was brand new for people. It was it was really, really special, the energy in those audiences. While Carolina Change was something, you know, an experience as a whole for me that I'll, you know, cherish forever and will listen to on repeat forever. I, I can't not say, and everybody knows I'm just a, a wicked fanatic. I feel like you should just insert the, that like, that, uh, that's like the part where they sing Wicked in the in the cast album. Just insert that yeah. as the answer. <laughs> yeah, Wicked. Um, Wicked, <laughs> going back on the opening night with Mary, with my childhood best friends, my husband, my professor from college, my, like everybody that loved Wicked, I somehow managed to help organize a group of 18 to go Honestly, see it. Honestly, that sounds so stressful to me, but you pulled it off. I, it was the most, um, it, <laughs> it wasn't stressful. It was actually very fulfilling to be able to like share this really beautiful experience that I held so close to my heart and with people that were really, really excited to be there. Um, just experiencing that show again, it was a lot of crying. Um, there were a lot of tears, good tears. Yeah, it was really emotional uh, in ways that I didn't realize would be emotional. Like, why why did I cry during Sentimental Man? Like, well, because you're being sentimental. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that Can I tell you have the part that like no really one. got me when we saw Wicked? No, what what was it? Okay, so everyone was like, even during the shutdown, everyone was always talking about how, like, the opening line, oh, it's good to see me, isn't it? Yeah. was going to, like, be it for everyone. I, I did not get as, I didn't really get emotional as I expected. I think I was just, like, severely overwhelmed. And, like, oh, yeah. it really felt like it was, like, a dream because it had Truly. been something so, so out of touch for so long that, like, not that I forgot how to be an audience member because I certainly did not, but I, forgot really what it felt like 
It was like an out-of-body experience too. Yeah. And I think also mixed with the fact that it was Wicked, it was a show that I personally haven't seen in over a decade. And so I was literally relearning the show and learning the story all over again. But the part that really got me (laughs) was at the end. It was one of the last lines. And it's something that Glinda also says where it's like, we've been through troubling times and there will be more troubling times. Like just saying, I got goosebumps just now saying that because it's like, it's so real. And like every single person in that audience and every single person who has seen it since that I'm sure that line will hit every person unexpectedly and probably in different ways because it's so relatable. And I I think that like we forget that theater is also like very relatable Wicked or not. I can go on and on. Not I know about, you can. Not even just about that show, but. What about like from our podcast journey, do you think, and this doesn't have to be specific to just this year, but like what about our journey so far as podcasters do you, have you found to be either the most rewarding or just most sentimental maybe? I mean, really every conversation we have feels so special and so different and the connections that we make with our guests and our listeners. But I think there's so many moments and it's weird because when you are so close to New York city, when you're so, when you realize that the Broadway community is so small and you know, we are such a small fraction of what make up theater and the Broadway community and, you know, just the culture. But when you realize how small it is and you, as a kid, dream to be part of something like that, even if it is in the smallest way, uh, you know, for example, like when we went to the Chicken and Biscuits opening night and did the red carpet event, went to the party and did more press there. I mean, that's a moment I never thought I would have. I've been to opening nights on Broadway as it, you know, just a partier, right? With with friends that are involved in shows, but it never went uh, with a a job in mind, right? Like never was there for a specific purpose like we were there for uh, to be part of the process. And I think that that, I know we speak about our podcast being a process-based podcast all the time, but that's now part of our process, which I find so interesting and fascinating that we're creating a we're creating a huge episode just with our own journey doing this. I don't know. I feel like I mean, I don't think it's like one very large thing or even one very specific thing. I think it's the fact that we've overcome, for lack of a better word, we've overcome a lot like with the podcasting, like Obviously, when we first started, we were recording out of my apartment in Inwood. Brian and I would share one mic and our guests would share or have their own mic. And we would sit on couches and chairs and would create this whole thing on our laptops. And then we joined the network. And then the our setup was very different. It was very, for us, it was hands-off. It was this beautiful studio in Midtown and was walkable <laughs> after work just show up with the guest and record and then we'd leave. And it was, it was, it was amazing for what it was for the time that we had it. And then we went virtually and we were using two different platforms over the course of the last two ish years um, with the network still. Then we decided to try our own. We've also recorded 
with Mo Brady's episode, we recorded on on the phone. We were on the phone with each other and individually recording ourselves on Audacity or whatever the, or whatever the program was that we had on our computers. We've done the same thing and delivered the same conversation or same product a variety of different ways, and we've overcome those technical challenges along the way. But I think what's really has stayed consistent has been the conversations. It's been it's been the quality of conversations, and we've never really. I mean, obviously, we've changed the format here and there just to spice things up. I think, um, and I also think, and we haven't actually talked about this. I don't, but I think we would continue. We would try a series again when the time was right. Um, we haven't like knocked that off the playing cards, but I think like our conversations have stayed very genuine, which I really like. Me too. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm glad you brought that up as as a really rewarding part about the whole thing, because really there are so many obstacles to producing and putting together the episodes that we put together. I mean, Mm -hmm. just from the get go, I mean, time, you and I are both so busy over the last year. I started a new job. I've, there's so many things that make it so difficult to still do this. (laughs) And yet we still do it. And on yeah. a rather pretty good schedule yeah. that yeah. I, that I can't say we take many breaks here and yeah. there. You know, we, we can't can't always get a get an episode out just for timing or whatnot. But we're really really dedicated to making this happen as frequently as we possibly can stories i think like i don't know if you feel the same way i have to imagine you do but for me even like in the times where it's like really hard to like record that episode or to just like find time in our schedules because like you said we're both very busy and then adding in like our guests availability what really keeps me going is like is really sharing the conversation so even if it was recording like outside and there was background noise i mean obviously it's not super ideal but like i feel like we as long as the conversation is there and obviously can be is listenable (laughs) i feel like i feel like the fact that we're putting this out there for other people to listen to laugh to learn to love from i think is just really cool it is it's not the easiest thing, especially when, especially like we we were doing this for the past three years, right? I mean, there's so much that happened in that time, and uh, it's I'm I'm happy and proud that we are one of the podcasts 
out of so many because we know so many people started podcasts over mm-hmm. the quarantine for whatever reason to have a creative outlet to share some new pieces of information and we've stuck it out through that. So not to really pat ourselves on the back for continuing, but when so many other people gave up or it didn't work for their lives and schedules anymore, we've still been able to keep this going uh, because we still are so passionate about doing it. Agreed. (laughs) Do you have any specific goals for this next year? That, yeah. yeah, Oh, okay. She's coming in hot. (laughs) No, I mean, I think... I think one of our goals from last year, which was to really work on the transcriptions, is still really a goal of mine to make that to make our episodes accessible to everybody. It's just incredibly time consuming. That is a goal of mine. How about you? Also, my other goal would be to just really keep exploring these roles we've yet to to talk to. Yeah, I would say that that's my main goal and is kind of what keeps me interested and in going is mm-hmm. speaking with those new roles that we never have. It kind of feels like, yeah, yeah, we checked it off the list. And um, aside from that, I'd like to just keep growing relationships with people in the industry and providing really qu- quality content that people are going to find us as a reputable way to consume and be educational and entertaining and just a way to connect and unplug and 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 make theater accessible worldwide with that in mind brian that that to segue from that we this was one of our goals from last year which was i don't know if we actually specifically said it or if it's meant to be a surprise like it is right now but um we've actually something that we wanted from the beginning we've launched we are launching a website which will feature jobs, will feature real jobs that exist, whether they're actively available in various companies or they're just something that you should be aware of. It's going to be a place you can go to and you can learn more about those jobs. And what's really exciting is that we're going to be including and highlighting our guests through through that. So it'll, it'll serve two purposes. You can listen to our episodes on our website. Um, but also you can learn more about jobs not and not just from our podcast. So I like to think of it as like the appendix to our episodes. Huh. That's a nice way to put it. It's really it's just a resource guide, something that our listeners that are peaked whose interests are peaked in a certain job can go mm-hmm. to it and explore other jobs, go a little more in depth. And it's shareable, right? So it's not like they they have to send and they have to like sift through a you know seventy plus episodes to figure out what they want. It's in one place. They they can look at it. They can they can run through it. They don't have to listen to forty five minute plus episodes like learning about it. They can obviously, um, but it's all right there in one place, which I find so exciting. And when we spoke with our guest this past year, Anant. Um, off air, he had said, you know, I really think there should be a place that has all this information. And we were like, we're working on it. We are working on it. And so if he, if he is thinking that I'm sure there are other people who have thought that Um, I am surprised it hasn't existed before. And I think what is really great is we're launching it with just the basics. We're launching it with, with just what we said. What we've 
what we've had on the podcast, knowing mm-hmm. that there is a whole world outside of what we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's updatable, so we'll be updating it as, as we go. But also, there's room to grow. So there's room to, you know, I envision one day being a place where we can post job listings maybe and talk about com- and feature companies that you should be aware of and, and building partnerships in that way. Um so lots of things, but I'm really excited. Brian, what's what where can they go to find it and look at it? Page to stage podcast.com. Mary, what was the last great piece of theater that you saw? <laughs> I don't you, remember what I've you, seen. And that's why you need the app Mezzanine. Mezzanine <laughs> keeps all of your theatrical experiences in one streamlined diary. I don't remember if I said this last year or if we even talked about this last year, but I'm gonna say six. I'm going to say two answers. I'm going to say six because it was the last thing like pre-Broadway, sorry, pre-COVID. Um, and it's very sentimental in the fact of like what thing, what what things used to be. I'm going to say chicken and biscuits because also as my like part two answer because it was a friend's playwriting debut on Broadway. So that was very exciting. And my relationship with Douglas um, – goes beyond the podcast um, and before the podcast. Um, And I am very much determined. I'm just putting it out there, even though I've already said it to him a thousand times. Like I am determined to work with him um, creatively um, in some capacity because I really believe in the work that he's doing and also like the heart that he puts into his projects. So that was a very like, for a lot of reasons, Brian, you also said a lot of those reasons earlier on this episode, but there was a lot of things that kind of made that, weekend between seeing the the show and attending opening night like the red carpet and then covering the party afterwards it was just very um memorable and special so those are my two answers how about you what was the last great piece of theater that you saw brian truthfully i don't know when i'll see a piece of theater that hits me the way that carolina change did i saw it six times in its very brief run at roundabout this season it is truly one of those pieces and experiences that came into my life it's when it's the perfect what made it so special was that it came into my life at the perfect time and meant so much to me and spoke to me in the moment that it was entering my life and i think that it's pretty beautiful that it did have a finite end to it i don't want to say like i was in a period of life where I had to have a finite end, but but the, the period of my life that it really represents and hit me hardest in, it's kind of interesting to have like an end to that show at the same time that maybe I was transitioning to a different period of my life in so many weird ways. The piece is brilliant. I wasn't familiar with it from its original run on Broadway. And so I think that that's another reason why I love revivals so much. Carolina Change, I uh, cried a lot over you, and I still will, I'm sure. <laughs> it's crazy to think that we're now in year four of the podcast. Yeah, year four. I mean, yeah, it's exciting. 
I'm so curious to see what happens. Like, will we continue to be, meaning me and Brian, be recording virtually in separate spaces? Will we record an episode or two together again? Will we be in a studio again for any episodes? Will we be at Broadway Con or a live event ever again? So thank you, everyone who's listening and who has continued to listen. Yeah, I mean, like, I like to think that we'd be doing this for zero listeners because we enjoy it that much just in terms of the conversations we have. But uh, it makes it makes it really nice that uh, people also listen to these conversations as well. And we love hearing from you. So please drop a, a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this podcast because it helps other people find it and it keeps us going in a way Mm -hmm. it's motivational and we've gotten several recommendations um for other podcast guests or roles to cover um over on our instagram specifically so if you have any recommendations or have ideas or you really want to hear from somebody or hear um someone specific talk about their job please recommend them to us over on our instagram at page to stage podcast until next time. No, we have an outro for that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Mary looked at me like, what do you want me to say? I was like, wait, how do we, how do we end this? <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.